welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, I think you've got a good question for us today. Yes, so have you or any of our listeners been in a situation where you've stepped out and done something you felt like God wanted you to do or felt called to, say, teaching or preaching or having a conversation with someone or praying something that you felt really strongly about. And then afterwards, you continually go over and over again. Uh, Did I say it right? Should I have said it that way? Okay, was that a success? Maybe I should have said it differently. How do we actually evaluate things to look back and learn and glean from without going to the obsessive regret, I need to fix this to make it better? That's such a good question because I can't even fathom that there isn't anybody who can cannot relate to this. Is that enough negatives in that sentence for you, Amy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is so common to our humanity that, um, man, we need feedback. Have I mentioned ever before that we have a whole podcast on feedback that I think is totally worth listening to because there's so much value in getting feedback. But the the truth is most of us err on the side of obsessing over you know, what I did and what I said and I wonder what they thought and they could have said it differently and... I mean, truthfully, 20 years ago, I lost sleep over these things. Like all night long, I'd be awake playing it over in my head again. And actually, somebody asked me this question quite recently, and you are so helpful, Amy. You remember things I've said in the past, and you quote them. It's one of my favorite things about you. And it's so funny, because as soon as you reminded me, I'm like, yes, that was just such an epic, epic Uh, statement that really helped me in when I was first stepping out and doing a lot more preaching and teaching outside of the comfort of our church family, who seems to have an extraordinary amount of grace for me. Mm -hmm. And the thing the Lord spoke to me was he wanted my obedience, not my performance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? I'm really attached to my performance. I actually like my performance. I want it to be polished and good. And if, and I'm decently smart and reasonably accomplished, I can fake this. I want it to look really nice. And all the people will be like, yay, Michelle, she's so awesome. Because the performance can tie into identity. So much, so much identity. And, and we like people to like us. That kind of makes sense. So we want to do a good job, but boy, there is a big difference between a good job and my idea of a polished performance. Mm. God is so kind that he would speak this to me because when I boiled it down to, he wants my obedience, not my performance. Well, I can actually do that, Amy. I can obey him even when I'm tired. I can obey him when I have a sore throat. (laughs) I can obey him when my brain is a bit scattered and something crazy happened when I shifted into that being more my focus. It turned out that even if my speaking or whatever I was doing wasn't as outwardly polished, it was incredibly more impactful. Don't hear me say, do a shoddy job and Jesus will take care of the rest. No, Jesus is all about preparation and discipline and all those good things. But my focus being on performance actually would amp up my anxiety hugely Mm -hmm. and it would amp up shame afterwards. Yeah. And so anxiety and shame are decently sized giants in my past history, they would take me out. They would actually take me out of effective ministry. But obedience, I can do that. I can do what he asks me to do. Mm-hmm. And so he does ask me to prepare. He does ask me to cultivate the gifts and learn how to be a better writer, speaker, teacher, right? Those, those are learnable skills. And at the end of the day, I just really need to lean on him and know that it's his power that's going to make anything I do effective. Mm -hmm. And this concept of um, God wants our obedience, not our performance, 
it's through scripture. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important that we back it up. That Incredibly it, important. Yes. So in Psalm 52, it says, For the source of your pleasure, God, is not in my performance, or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I humbly bow down at your feet. Which just to me is such an aspect of the obedience, humbly coming before and saying, this is what I have. Yeah. This isn't performance, but what I have, I give to you. Yeah. And that those words of like the shattered heart, I get that because for me, stepping out publicly is so incredibly risky. It it just is. My learning is going to happen in front of other people. And there will be critics. There are. I will confess, I had a panic attack the other day, which is really, really rare for me because I was so in angst knowing someone in the room was critical towards me. And what I recognize in that, Amy, is that in those moments, which are natural to our humanity, God was compassionate towards me in that struggle. That other person's opinion was at risk of becoming an idol to me that's bigger than God. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's this growth process that we're all in of who do we want to please? Who do we want to please? And the truth is if the enemy can silence and gag any one of us because of fear of what our performance is going to be like or how it's going to be received, the beauty that is inside of each one of us, the glory that represents who God is, will be masked, shrouded, hidden, and do the world no good. And the whole world is longing for an encounter with Jesus. I remember just a few years ago that praying out loud was something that you didn't love to do. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And so this whole thing of obedience and performance became something that you started to shift your focus to. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that shift because when you pray, you're listening to Holy Spirit and saying, what should I pray? Mm -hmm. And I've never been caught up in the language, your grammar, right? Even the grammar Nazi doesn't pick up on that. What really impacts me is how you're listening to God and you're actually speaking God's words Mm -hmm. of hope and expectation for whoever's being prayed for. I get so inspired and uplifted when I listen to you pray. And I didn't receive the joy of that experience when you were functioning in, I don't know how to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And like, I recognize now even I'm speaking and I'm like, I don't know if this makes sense or if this is grammatically correct or even if some of the words I'm using if that's gonna make people unsettled or something those thoughts do flicker through my mind and then it's followed by but I feel so strongly this is what I'm gonna pray and Mm -hmm. I'm praying to Jesus so he'll know what I'm talking about right it's like that kind of flittering through where those thoughts of like maybe you just need to be quiet shut up, make sure this is a nice polished prayer, do flitter. And I go, no, because in my obedience, I've seen the fruit of it. It's true. And that's my focus. Not that I'm sounding like an amazing prayer that has everything so settled and gorgeous. And you're like, how did you come up with that? Okay. Can you tell our listeners the very funny story of when you had to pray in front of a whole bunch of non-Christians and you were very pregnant? It's such a good story. (laughs) Oh, people still remind me of this. So I was, um, at a golf tournament, and it was, it was mainly non-believers, and um, they'd asked me to pray. And for the food, right? For the food, eating. just an easy, like, thing that I've prayed thousands we of times. We can I do a formula up, prayer. <laughs> I grew up in the church. I should be able to at least pray for that. They didn't give me a lot of time to prepare, and at that time, I needed 
preparation to do anything. So like a day to prepare how to pray for the yeah, food. Yeah, it was like, hey, it's going to be five minutes. Do you want to pray? The other person is whatever. And I was like, sure, sure, I can do that. And you had pregnant brain. I mean, you get Which is a that. real thing. It's such a thing. So I go up and I do, you know, thank you for the, thank you for the weather and the fact we can all be here together and, you know, just ask that you would bless this food. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> And you ended your prayer with bye. With bye. And Thank what, you. Bye. And what happened? And I paused. People started laughing and I said, I mean, amen. <laughs> like did the mic drop and was like, I'm here. And yet people still talk about it. They do. Unbelievers. But they remember. They remember. And and they've invited me to pray several times because they're just hoping something like that happened. Like they've told me, hey, would you pray just because last time it was so entertaining. Would you... <laughs> Which I'm like, man, now, yes, I will pray, and it will be entertaining, but in a different way. Well, and it'll be powerful. Yeah. But you know, there was something about that whole experience of risk, because you were really working mm -hmm. on risk, and you were risking something, and there was sort of what we might call an epic fail if we were tied up in pride and shame mm -hmm. and fear, but what happened in your humanity showing up was people got comfortable, mm -hmm. and Man, we don't want to become a comedy act with no power. Yes. But there's something to be said for that reality making a safe space for other mm -hmm. people. And people listen to the prayer. Yeah. As opposed to checking out like, okay, let's get this over with. Yeah, because it sounds exactly like every other yeah. prayer I've heard. So I'm not recommending we go out of our way to pray in a bizarre way. But I feel like praying in public is something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm -hmm. How often are we in little church groups where there's three people praying and all the rest of them are not? And some of it's because I, I don't know how many people have said to me, I don't know how to pray. Will you talk to God like you're talking to me? What's on your heart? What is on your mind? What are you thankful for? But that was just such a great freedom story for you because you didn't die. Yeah. And you actually were able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And you just went further up and further in in your yeah. prayer journey, which is so fantastic. Yeah. So as right, recognizing that obedience, God wants our obedience. But how do we even determine what he wants our obedience in? Right. Because I can just do a lot of things that God is telling me to do with air quotes. Right. That is not... Actually, it's so I'm obeying something that's not Jesus. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the power of community, which is also very messy. I think that's come up in our podcast a few times. There's a lot of risk exposing ourselves to people, but I don't take my steps of obedience as a lone ranger. Mm. I have people that hold me accountable. They give me feedback. Oh, wait, I'm going to put a plug in for our feedback podcast again. <laughs> I just think it's a really good one. We need to be able to take feedback from people. And I... Sometimes, right, when it's a big thing that I have time to prepare for, we're not talking about like praying at the golf tournament, but yeah. I'm going to go speak somewhere. I'll run some ideas by you, by mm. some other people. And we learn how to listen to God in community. This is where I sense God taking me. There's been times when I've kind of felt like I'm taking a risk based on either the crowd or what I think God wants me to say. And I'll run that by you guys and say, I don't know, kind of feels and give you an opportunity to say, have you thought of this? And the other thing is then ask you to pray for me. So that I'm not just stepping out on the wild side, which could just be something crazy. I don't want the enemy to move through me when I'm up in front of a group of people because that's way too much influence. Mm -hmm. So we need prayerful community in our lives. Do you mm -hmm. have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, again, I, I feel like we've maybe referenced this in other things, but um, prayerful community who are for you and are like-minded yeah. in a sense. Not that they're the exact same and have the mm -hmm. same opinions, 
but people that will support, cheer you on, give you feedback, not people who maybe at the current point are living Mm -hmm. so entrenched in performance. Yeah. So I do have friends whom I adore that might give me advice that's got a bit more fear in it. I just recognize their journey and go, okay, so there's value in these three things they said, but I think the fourth one might be coming from fear. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, who am I obeying? I'm obeying God, not even my tribe, which I adore. But their input is helpful. So I kind of have to do both. Saul, it's in, it's in one of the Samuels. I bet you it's First Samuel. Look at me go with my amazing Bible knowledge. But Saul disobeys the instruction from Samuel. He doesn't destroy all the, the stuff that he gets out of the battle. He keeps the best stuff for himself. And Samuel knows this and he shows up. And um, it says, God wants your obedience, not your sacrifice. Saul says, well, I kept all these animals back so I could sacrifice them. He's totally faking it because yeah. he had no intention of that. Who's going to have some nice mutton for supper? And then he switches his tune to, oh, I was just going to sacrifice. And Samuel says, man, God wants your obedience, not your sacrifice. And for some people, that word obedience might even be a triggery word, Mm, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. It can sound like um, legalism. Uh, My own story has a season of people in leadership with a lot of spiritual abuse. So the word obedience would just send me right over the edge because that's just people trying to control me. And now God's trying to control me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that obedience can come with, you have to obey or you are punished. That's right. Or God will be angry or you will have failed God. And that's actually so much crap. Can I just use the word crap? Which again is kind of all in performance, actually. It's all about performance because God loves me no matter what. He loves me if I obey or if I don't obey. And when I take these risky obedience steps, his love is there to hold me, help me, and carry me. Mm. So when I think about who Jesus is, and even really, like one of the tools I used to get to know him better was immerse myself in Bible stories. I would go to a story of Jesus with the woman who touched the hem of his garment and imagine myself in her shoes and imagine his face when he turned around and how kind he was. Right? Some of that, those kind of exercises helped rewire my soul in knowing how much God loves me. And First John four eighteen says there's no fear in love. The more I understand how much he loves me, the less afraid I am. I'm not afraid of letting him down. I'm not afraid of his anger, disappointment, or punishment. I am like excited about partnering with his love. So when I go to speak and I'm still anxious and whatever is going on, you know, that turmoil that goes on in the soul that just wants to keep me silent and hidden. If I think about how much he loves me, how much he loves the people I'm talking to, I actually actively picture this. How much does he want them to know the message that he's Mm -hmm. given me for them? That just like just annihilates the fear, Amy. I start to get excited again because partnering with Jesus is actually supposed to be exciting, not dreadful. Totally. So he loves me. I'm motivated by his love for other people. It's actually a win-win. My my performance won't be necessarily up to my standards. There will be things almost every time that I'll think, oh, I meant to say this or I wish I had done that. But at the end of the day, was I full of his love and did I demonstrate that love in my obedience, both my love for him and then my love for people? When when you show up bravely praying, you're demonstrating his love for people. It's just such a good feeling, mm-hmm. such a good feeling. And once you've established that, then you can actually review your performance mm-hmm. from a clarity, structure. Helpful. What can helpful- I do better? different without it being attached to the performance aspect. Yeah, it becomes productive, helpful learning, not shame and shame. Oh, and have I mentioned again shame? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
because that's where that's where I can go. There's a, an interesting passage in Jeremiah 17, and it says, this is what the Lord says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. When I picture that, once I get obsessed with my ability to do it well, that I'm actually turning away from the Lord, that's a little sobering for me. Mm. And it says they're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in a barren wilderness and in an uninhabited salty land. Oh, I know, right? That's quite the description. It's really, really bleak. And I have seen my life look like this, Amy, as I have been obsessed with pride and shame and fear. Man, those were all such strongholds in my life. When I think about myself in my 20s, I could hardly show up because I believed all the fear and all the lies about shame. So I would look at my ability to do something and think, well, I can't. It was an unqualified disaster the last time. I can't possibly do this. But the next part says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted by a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Mm. And that is a beautiful picture of flourishing. Why? Because my performance was perfect? No, because I made the Lord my strength. I trust him that when I show up, doing the best I know how to do, but with my heart so entwined with his, that love would be made manifest, that people would know God. Fruit happens Mm -hmm. and there's a flourishing and that gets me super excited. That is no dull and dry and boring life. Mm -hmm. That's vibrancy. And not only am I then going further up and further in, I'm making a space for other people to go further up and further in. Mm -hmm.